Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Greg Sussman. We are joined here by Frank Stample, Chris Ventura, of course, for our number two, our special guest. So we'll get Ventura's thoughts on all these outfielders. That's all in this tier, Frankie. The tier is the tier. I mean, it's so obvious that all these guys are very, very similar. And how you have them ranked, it's personal preference. Yeah, it's massive, man. You know, and it goes it goes further than the names that we've mentioned so far, too, uh, but... I mean, we'll get into a few more of these guys. I think this is a pretty long tier of like round five through eight mid-round outfielders that have pretty solid upside. And again, this is the range where, you know, I want to have three outfielders by, you know, for me, it's my top 35 outfielders. I want to have three by this point. I, I really don't, you know, I don't want to be looking at, you know, David Peralta and, 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 and Meadows as my outfielder three. I want those guys as like my four. Ventura, yeah. rank rank these guys in your order for us. All right, ready? Okay. Well, not really, but God. <laughs> <laughs> Yasiel Puig. Yeah. David Dahl. Mm-hmm. Marcelo Zuna. Nick Castellanos. Eddie Rosario. And Mitch Hanniger. Maybe <sighs> a lot of guys. Give uh, us your two favorite. All right, that's fair. Ozuna's up there. He's a favorite. Mm-hmm. Probably my least favorite out of these guys. Is he your least favorite? Personally, yeah. I mean, I like Dahl. I have him ranked the lowest. He's probably my least favorite. Uh, so wait, you said Dahl, Ozuna. Castellanos, Rosario, Hanniger, and Puig. Okay, so Hanniger is probably... What about Conforto? Did you mention oh, Conforto. Oh, Conforto. Conforto. Sorry, Conforto. Oh, we did seven. We didn't do six. We did seven. Go us. I think I like Hanniger the most. Okay. Uh, and then Conforto is definitely, you know, ahead of most of those guys for me. Poop. Uh, Puig. 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 I don't know how to say his name. Puig. I can't say his name. <laughs> Men, uh, Puig. 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 See, I'm, I'm not good at saying that. Puig. Um, Puig is up there for me. Those three, probably. Okay. Then Ozuna. Yeah, yeah. Then I would say uh, Rosario and Castellanos. Castellanos kind of fall behind them. For you know, me. But you know what it sounds like to me? Ventra likes a lot of these guys. It does sound like that. Yeah. But we it all sounds like, like you like a lot of those. We guys. all like a lot. Of, we like this tier. We like this tier in general. I'm cool with the tier. I think the tier is over now. Oh, is, that, is that where I should end my tier? What do you think? Well, that's what I'm asking you. Do you agree the tier ends here? Well, there are were, there were a few other guys where I don't really mind if these players end up being my outfielder three. I know where you're going with that, and, but I don't think those guys are in this tier. I don't think Justin Upton and Michael Brantley are in this tier. What about Pollock? That's another name I want to get to that is really interesting. Let me, you know, let me start with A.J. Pollock. That's a good one, Chris. Because A.J. Pollock... Gets drafted every year because he has the upside to do seemingly everything. Last year, before A.J. Pollock got hurt, 
he was running absolutely wild, right? Like, he was just running everywhere mm-hmm. and stopped. And he was the first, he had 10 home runs and 10, RB, 10 still amazing before anybody in baseball last year. He was hot. And then he stopped. He got hurt and he came back and he just at no point was the same player. You could make the case, and I'm going to give you the stats in just one moment here, that through it, April, he was your MVP. 291, nine homers and six stolen bases. He didn't steal more than three stolen bases in any other month the rest of the season. He didn't more, hit more than five home runs in any month the rest of the season. Yeah. Why? Probably because he was never healthy again the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. That's the problem when it comes to A.J. Pollock, and has always been the problem with A.J. Pollock. The upside is tantalizing. It, he had 20 stolen bases in 2017. We saw that he already has 20 home run power. He's done it twice. But he's never, ever healthy. And now he's not in Arizona anymore at Chase Field. He's in Dodger Stadium. He's not a spring chicken anymore either. Mm -mm. He's over 30 years old. He's 31 years old. A.J. Pollock isn't the same guy. And you know, Chris, he's going to be hurt. He has played over 130 games twice in his entire career. He really only had one full season, yeah. 2015, which was a monster. Season. Monster! Monster. Season. 2013 was close to a full season as well, 137 games. Mm-hmm. That's as close as he's been. That's it. There is nothing to suggest that he can stay healthy for 150 games again. I don't think that's possible. I yeah. don't think that's reasonable. And that's why I don't think he's in that tier. Because you, you, you're get pretty much guaranteeing he's getting hurt, right? You almost guaranteeing he's going to miss 40 games. Yeah. I think it's more the ups. Like, when he plays, he's going to play at a higher level than most of these guys. I don't agree with that. That's what I, that's what I, I think. I think you're going to see a similar level. Maybe a similar level. Which is why I like those guys because they're going to play more games better than him. Frank? Frank, he had 21 home runs and 13 stolen bases in only 113 games last year. Nine of those home runs what came happened? in April. Six of the stolen bases came in April before he got hurt. The thing is, how, how do you project him for much more than that? The past three years, he's played 113, 112, and... 12. Correct. Games. You can't. Each of the past three years. You can't. He's played 157 games once. That was in 2015. Uh, He is now 31 years old. Uh, This is age 31 season. He does not turn 32 until December. Mm -hmm. I think when he plays, like, he's going to be really good because the Dodgers lineup is, he's going to lead off for a lineup that has. You take a lot of stock in the lineups, don't you? Yeah, I mean. I've heard that a lot today. It does. The lineup's important. It means a lot, Greg. Because it determines. How many runs you're scoring? And RBIs, how, I get how many it. plate appearances you're getting? Um, you know, yeah. I mean, it affects your counting stats, obviously. Look, he's leading off for a lineup that has Corey Seager, Justin Turner, and Cody Bellinger behind him. And oh wait, uh, oh wait, they might get Bryce Harper because now the Dodgers are the betting favorite to land Bryce Harper. So Dodgers lineup is pretty good. I mean, they also have Max Muncy too. Like. I think when he plays, he's going to be really good. It's that, just yeah. how can you project him for more than like 120 games? Yeah, you can't seriously. And the, the 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 Fangraphs projection projections have him between 126 and 142 games. Man, I mean, if that were to happen, that would <laughs> that seems very very optimistic. He hasn't been over 266 batting average each of the past three. Like he's not going to be on my team. AJ Pollock's not going to be on my team. You know, as as tantalizing is the word that Greg has been using today. As tantalizing as he is with the ability to maybe be a 2020 player. And score a lot of runs. Mm. 
it's just like the batting average hasn't been great the past couple of years. He misses a lot of games. He's older now, 31 years old. I guess the Dodgers lineup, I just don't, I just don't really want anything to do with him, man. I understand. I think on a per game basis, though, it is tantalizing. Like when he plays, plate discipline he could came be back a t- last year too. Like career high, twenty one point seven percent K rate. He's never been over twenty percent. Like yeah. you're starting to see like some decline too, which is crazy to say because his April was awesome. Yeah, but then like his season in a hole was not. That's good, co- but I think great. it's because of the injuries. You know, um, I don't know if he's declined. I think he's just. You got to you got to burn in the fact that he's not going to probably score hundred runs because he's probably not going to play enough games to Correct. do that. So, but uh, but when he's playing, he's going to give you numbers. I mean, he's going to produce. I think on a consistent basis. So that's my issue. Thing. I don't he's, think that's true. He's going to, he's, he's going healthy. like twenty to thirty picks later than all the guys we just talked about. Right. So Hanniger. That's why I like him too. Hanniger's well, the last. Well, he was say, he was saying that he considers him maybe in that tier. That's why I brought him up. Hanniger was the last one of of that tier that we were just talking about. He goes to pick ninety one. AJ Pollock over the past two weeks is going pick one thirteen. So he's going twenty two picks later. I like that value. That's I about don't. a round and a half later. But also going in this range, you have a lot of injury risks in this range. Really, yeah. you know, just a lot of risk overall. Will Myers is going in this range. What's up, Huge injury we're risk. We talked about Will Myers. We'll Aaron Hicks again. injury risk as well. I like Aaron Hicks. Michael Brantley. Injury risk as well. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of injury risks in this range. Here's my, but here's that my, feels shallow to me. I don't really like guys, it. Guys, here's my issue with what, AJ Pollock. Where do you feel comfortable with Pollock as in your team? Sorry, Greg. Uh, fourth like, outfielder. Fourth outfielder. <laughs> if he's my third. Are you going to take your fourth outfielder in round, I don't know, wherever he's going? Nine? No. AJ Pollock will be probably waiting because you're going to want to get a starting pitcher in that exactly. range. You're going to want to get a closer potentially. Yeah. He's my. Th- see, that's you feel, I feel comfortable with my fourth outfielder. I agree with that. But I'm not going to take him where he is. You have him ranked? Uh, I, I don't. Have, I have him all in a tier. These guys. I don't have him ranked yet because I have fine. to do dig dig deep. Uh, Chris, you keep saying that when he's out there, he produces. Mm-hmm. He came back last. I moved him year. down to outfield 35. I don't really want him. He came back in July and batted 286. Right, four homers, 14 RBI. He produced. Right. Mm-hmm. In August, he played 25 games. So he played the entire month. 189 was his batting average with one home run and 10 ribbies. He struck out 28 times in 25 games. One month later, in September slash October, for the one game they played in October or whatever, 236. He hit five home runs, give him that. But that's terrible. I think there's more yeah. concern when the was injuries the and the decline in play last year. And the decline in him. He's not the same guy anymore. I think anymore. The, the cons outweigh the pros when it comes to A.J. Pollock. I no, think that's the easiest pro- way to put it. Sure. You're probably right. I mean, listen, when did he get injured exactly in the season? May. In May. Mm-hmm. So why did he do well in about 286 in, what was it, July? July when he came I mean, back. And then what bad- happened that he all of a sudden batted one. 80. Maybe he was battling whatever. an injury. You know, he's battling another injury too. for all he's we know. Through injury. But he's also playing through injury, you know? Yeah. So, like, at this point, you kind of got to bake that into his projection. Again, he hasn't been higher than 266 batting average each of the past three years. Everyone remembers that 2015 where he was awesome with 20 home runs and 39 stolen bases. He had 315 that year. Since then, he's never been over 266. So, hmm. like, where does the batting average even lie when it comes to A.J. Pollock? So, you need a he's backup not, plan not if you're going to take Pollock. Team. If you take Pollock as like a third outfielder, as a starting outfielder, then you need a backup yeah, plan. Then you got to take some. You pretty, have to have you gotta take some pretty safe guys after that. Yeah, guys that you know that are going to at least. Play but I'll game. agree with you guys that you know Dahl, Conforto, Castellanos, Hanniger, all these guys should be ahead of him. Another guy that's injured, as you said, or injury prone, Frank, that's in this tier is Michael Brantley, who you've seemingly been high on um, during this draft process. Somebody that you would, would consider as a back end third outfielder. What makes you think Michael Brantley's going to stay healthy? 
There's really nothing. It's just, uh, again, at this point in the draft, he's one of the only guys that's going to provide batting average. You know, in the round eight, nine, or later range, he's going to give you a 300-plus batting average. And he's going to be in the Astros lineup. Now, again, I wouldn't project him for, you know, more than like 130 games maybe, which is going to affect his counting yeah, stats. But he, he played 143 last year, yeah. and that was the most he's played since 2015. Exactly. So, And he's a little bit older too now with Michael Brantley. So... Again, me personally, I can't really project it for much more than like 130 games, but in those 130 games, he's going to hit 300, yeah. and he's going to be in the Astros lineup. So he's going to be, you know, 15, 16 home runs in that range. He's going to still give you 12 stolen bases. Like, he does a little bit of everything, and he gives you a 300 batting average, but I think the injury risk Doubles. is kind of baked into his, his, his draft price, too. Like, you don't have to, you know, you know, you don't have to spend, like, a huge draft price to get... Michael Brantley on your team. It's really like a roster construction thing. So you get like, um, I was thinking Adalberto Mondesi, but again, like if you get a stolen base guy, or you know, I think he's a good player to pair with, you know, one of these stolen base guys who give you low batting average, right? Like Billy Hamilton, Hamilton. or something like that. It comes out of roster construction. He'll give you a little bit of everything, uh, but he gives you batting average, which is, is is not easy to find in the round nine, round ten range, uh, in the middle of a roto draft. Yeah. And for points leagues, when he plays, he's going to be awesome because he doesn't strike out. He makes a ton of contact. He has the lowest swing strike rate in the league last year. And then yeah, he averaged three points. He hits a lot of doubles too. So in a points league, he's going to be great. Three points in fantasy points in points leagues is really good. He was great last year. I don't think there's any way to dispute that. He was Mm -hmm. awesome last year. 143 games played. I actually have him a few spots behind Pollock though too. I have him at really. I have him at outfield 37. I think it's a mistake. Yeah, I like him ahead of Pollock. I like him more than Pollock. Mm-hmm. You, you I like him a little Look, they're both injury risks, right? But you could get more stolen base upside out of Pollock. I think that's how I'm looking at it. Okay. Dodgers lineup is very good, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's close. The average with Brantley. One more guy that I think is in here, Frank, and, it's, and you have... He's, he's a Roto player, and I hate him because I'm not a Roto player. I will never draft him. You should never draft him in points league, ever. Okay. Ever. Who? Justin Upton. Hmm, I had him last year. <laughs> How'd that go for you? <laughs> At times, great. At times, bad. <laughs> that is Justin Upton. In a nutshell, In a nutshell man. A nutshell. At times, great. <laughs> At times, bad. <laughs> really effing bad. <laughs> is what so it is, cold, Justin yeah. Upton. He gets so cold. In a Roto League, you look at the stat lines. They're always there. They're yeah. always watching. Where's Justin Upton go in this curve? So I have Justin Upton um, at as my 29th outfielder, and again, this is just strictly for Roto. I don't want I don't want him in head-to-head points because he's extremely streaky. He strikes out a lot, but the batted ball data is still really good for Justin Upton. He's 31 years old, still hits the ball extremely hard, uh, hits the hits a lot of line drives. You know, 22 percent last year was the highest of his career, even you know at, at the age that he's at. 44% hard hit rate, also the highest of his career. You can just set your watch to 30-plus home runs. He's been 30-plus home runs each of the three, past yeah, three yeah. seasons. He's been at least 80 runs, at least 85 RBIs. Uh, he's been at least eight stolen bases in seemingly every year of his career. Look at this, two, four, six, eight, ten. Ten seasons in a row, he's been at least eight stolen bases. So mm-hmm. he'll give you eight to ten stolen bases, You know, a 250 to 260 batting average, 30 home runs, 80, 80. What I want to know is if he's healthy. Because, and you guys have to ask Dr. A that tomorrow, but he has like 
patellar tendonitis, which sounds terrible for an outfielder. Yeah. So I need to know more about that. Yes. But if he, if he is healthy for opening day and this isn't something that's going to linger, then you're getting, hey, set set your watch to whatever with Justin Upton as he is every single year. He's a, he's a, he's just a better player in Roto. You just got, it just stinks because like you don't know when that cold, cold month or whatever is going to come. And then he, he'll go on a tear. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But one thing really strange though, 2017, and this is for points leagues, he had 44 doubles. Last year at 18 doubles. Like what happened there? Like what, what did you do? How'd you go from 44 the to 44 18? 44 is an outlier though, you know? I mean, because yeah, he's not really years, a big time double. You know, 26, yeah. 28, 26 in 2015, 28 in 2016. Right, eighteen. So you know, so you don't expect years, forty. Yeah. yeah, you expect twenty-five to thirty, not eighteen though. I, I, I'm not, probably not going to draft him, but I mean, listen, the outfield shallow. Like he could be a starting third outfielder on a team. You know, like in my points league, there's no strikeouts negating for strikeouts. He strikes out a ton, so he really should make that change, probably. No, because you know what the problem with that is? Well, Everybody strikes out a ton. Everybody <laughs> strikes out a ton, man. In this day and age. Justin Upton, by the way, same age as AJ Pollock. I would never have guessed mm-hmm. that. Never guessed that. All right, take a break. Uh, we're going to come back. Let's hit on some of the other guys. I feel like we made good progress there. So let's keep it going. Victor Robles, your boy Malik Smith, Will Myers, too. My boy. <laughs> Zeke Gordon as well, and Eloy Jimenez. Those guys are up next. Fantasy Best Friends Rubber. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-215-1727. 800-215-1727. That's 800-215-1727. Game time decisions. Fight that uh, it could have been worse. Nah, I was a piss off. Like they screwed me. They charged me fifty dollars for a bag, bro, for a carry on. Yeah, I hate that. Like I'm, I'm starting to hate Air Porter. Like and I'm, I'm not using it anymore. Like I don't mind Air Canada. I don't mind like Delta and United and stuff. But Porter, they're it's just they used to be a good airline. They're just jerks now. They're slow. They're rude. Everything's always delayed. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Join the experts live on the air every day by calling in at 844-843-6879 to join the Fantasy Sports Network.
Goo Goo Dolls? This is uh, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> ever. What movie? It's called City of Angels. Okay, yeah, yeah. Starring Nicolas Cage and Meg Ryan, which sounds like it would be terrible. I mean, <laughs> uh, and it was. And this song was on the soundtrack, of course, of that film. Mm-hmm. This is a very popular song. Right? Very popular song. Johnny Resnick, lead singer of the Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> Goo Goo Dolls is a good one. I, uh, it is bought, a good one. I bought this album called Dizzy Up the Girl. I feel like we should just do a whole segment in, in voices like that. Greg, how much do you like Victor Robles? <laughs> yeah. Victor Robles is my guy. Like that? Is that your like counting crows? That's my more my. I think the chat he will disappear. He wakes up in oh. the morning. I think the Ooh, chat might exactly? disappear if it's we do that. It's, it's our outro song, actually. They, they would hate us for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you bring up Victor Robles you know, here, Frank. <laughs> you bring up Victor Robles, who is going before Michael Conforto as of now in the NFPC. Pick 103. Victor Robles is a longtime top prospect. Hi. Hype. He is a hype bro. Long time hype bro. Hype prospect for the Washington Nationals. The problem is, he's projected back at ninth. Yeah. For this team. After the pitcher. As a second leadoff guy. And it's annoying. For sure. Robles at 21 years old. Made his major league debut back in 2017. Played 21 games in the big leagues last year. Three homers, three stolen bases, 288. But again, it was 21 games. If he's going to play every day and give him the opportunity to do so... We like it. Batting ninth, we don't like it. That could change, though. Anything could change. If Adam Eaton uh, stinks. Very quickly. Yeah, if Adam Eaton gets hurt, which is more likely. Come on, man. Absolutely. He might lead off against left-handers right away, too. How in are you, Chris Ventra, on Victor Robles? I'm obviously in, a, in on Robles. Um, 288 last year. I really like to see that. A small sample size, of course. But in this lineup, uh, I think... Listen, him and Eloy Jimenez are interesting to me. I like Eloy more, but Eloy isn't probably going to play till later in April, right? He's probably not going to get called up till then. So Probably so. You know, you got to fill in for him the first month or so. So that kind of bothers me, But and Robles is going to play right away. I like Eloy better as a player, but I don't like the lineup that Eli will be in. I like this lineup better. If Robles could work his way in, in, into batting leadoff or something like that, then I really like this guy for the counting stats and all that. Because I think he could be a really good player. I just don't know if this is the year that you want him. This comes That's in, the problem. This comes in from Mark Feinstein, by the way. A little breaking news for you. The Giants met with Bryce Harper and Scott Boris yesterday in Vegas. So that's not dead yet either, I guess. Why? I don't it think he's going to go. I don't think he's going to go there. Um... Why? Why would the Giants sign him? I mean, it would just be a brutal, brutal move for that organization because they're kind of on the brink of, of like rebuilding. Rebuilding, like they're an older team. Longoria they lost their coach. Cozy, like they're getting closer to that area where you got to try and sell your pieces off and kind of tear it down and build it back up. Like Madison Bumgarner is in a contract year. They probably end up trading him. And it's not just me saying this because you know I want. Well, selfishly, yeah, I don't want Bryce Harper there in San Francisco, but, but it just doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Look, he wants to be on the West Coast, Greg. I've told you that all along. He, he's going to end up a Dodger. That's what's going to happen. He's going to end up a Dodger. It, it, to me, it's Dodgers or Phillies. And I know that there's been, like, front office clash with the Giants between uh, who, who was the, the GM that they brought in, Zaidi. Like, apparently he doesn't want them, but, like, the ownership does want Bryce Harper, and, like, they're kind of clashing and stuff. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me when it comes to Bryce Harper uh, mm. in San Francisco. For Victor Robles, 
He went in the sixth round of this current Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational Draft that I'm doing. He went ahead of guys like Marcelo Zuna, Mitch Hanniger. So just to give you a look inside what the, the experts, the industry folk are thinking about Rick, Victor Robles is they're very excited. And I think for good reason, right? You, you look at his sprint speed last year. He was a 95th percentile. He is a very, very fast guy. Uh, he has seasons of... 27 and 37 stolen bases down in the minor leagues. He's a career 300 hitter in the minors with an 849 OPS. He's got a little bit of pop. I think he's kind of going to grow into that. And I was listening to a podcast with Ian Khan, actually, our our buddy, our friend of the program, where he compared Victor Robles to Starling Marte in the future. He might. He's probably. He's not going to be there he's this year, obviously, because then makes you'd, sense. You'd expect him to do what a third or fourth round caliber player is doing in Starling Marte, but Starling Marte light in. You know, look at his fan grass projections. They have him at 275, around 15 home runs, around 30 stolen bases with, you know, the county stats at, you know, 60 RBIs and over 70 runs scored. That's Starling Marte light. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's going to give you, you know, those, those 12 to 15 homers. He's going to give you close to 30 stolen bases if he plays every single day. I don't expect Adam Eaton to stay healthy for all that long, and I wouldn't be surprised if Victor Robles right from the get-go against left-handed pitching, does lead off for this team. Um, I, I think there is a lot to like about him. So mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of in. I have him uh, I have him ranked as my outfielder 30, which is uh, just behind Justin Upton, just behind Ozuna, just behind Castellanos and those guys. I have him ahead of Joey Gallo, Will Myers, Aaron Hicks. So he's kind of part of this tier where I wouldn't really mind him as one of my outfield three. Again, those other guys that we talked about earlier on in the show, the first hour, I'd rather have one of those guys. Definitely. My outfielder three. But he's he's kind of in this range where if you take uh, if you take a power hitter early on, like a judge, and then you take someone who kind of does a little bit of everything, like a like a doll or a Puig, you come around, I, I think it makes a lot of sense roster construction-wise where it doesn't hurt your batting average, gives you a little bit of pop, gives you speed. Yeah. In Good Roto, that makes sense. Yeah. Let's... let's we have another speed guy then, Frank, shall we? Mm-hmm. Where do you have him compared to Malik Smith? I have Malik Smith at 38. You were considering drafting Malik Smith in your great fantasy baseball invitational and ultimately wound up going in a different direction. How come? I'm worried about the injury right now. We don't really have a lot of news with Malik Smith. He's dealing with an elbow injury. He He's been added to the list now. <laughs> he hasn't... Uh, he hasn't I believe hasn't swung a bat yet in spring. So he's dealing with this injury. But I'm look, there is a lot to like about Malik Smith. Again, you know, expected to lead off for the Seattle Mariners, whether it's him or D. Gordon, or uh, you know, I do think he's gonna be at the top of this lineup. His sprint speed in the 98th percentile from last year, one of the fastest players in all of baseball. 40 big, and man. we were kind of led into what his upside can be last season. 296, 40 stolen bases. Um you know, 65 runs scored, and that was in 141 games where, you know, he wasn't even necessarily the starter in a lot of those games. I feel like he didn't really come along come along until after, in, in the second half, but he's a three-category contributor. He's going to definitely hurt you in home runs. He's going to yeah. definitely hurt you in RBIs, but he can be like D. Gordon. Like, I, I see a lot of similarities there, and, you know, being a left-handed bat, he didn't struggle against lefties last year either. He actually took a, a huge step forward against left-handed pitching, so... I don't worry about that. If he give you a two eighty plus batting average and he gets on base, he can he can come close to fifty stolen bases, Greg. But again, this is a this is a roster construction thing. You have to make sure that you're good everywhere else in the power departments. 
Uh, but, you know, again, at that point in the draft, helps you know, this late, too. round nine, round ten, yeah, he helps your average, too. So he gives you, again, he gives you average stolen bases and run scored. He's, you know. That's he's a good we, roto guy. That's what we said about Lorenzo Cain, who's going in the fourth round. Except Lorenzo Cain's going to give you a little more pop than Malik Smith. But at this point in the draft, to get a, a, a batting average speed and run scored kind of guy, I mean, there is a lot to like, but I, I drop him down a little bit personally just because I don't really know what's going well, on with his elbow injury right now. I, 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 yeah. I, I give you some news on that. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> that was a shout-out to Michelle Serpico right there. Uh, <laughs> Malik Smith is expected to be cleared to resume throwing next week. <clears throat> this was February 26th. I did it again. I really had it that time, actually. Um, and it's possible he could begin swinging the bat even before that. It's good news for Smith. So... Could be throwing next week. I know that's worrisome, but listen, for me, I'm the opposite. I can understand Roto. He does a lot of things that you want to fill out in roster construction, but in points leagues, he's not. He's not that good. You know, Adam's not that good. Adam for a while last year, to be honest with you, and I don't think he's bad. He's fine. The thing is, he's fine. He walks a decent amount too, like right around eight and a half percent walk rate for his career. So now, Alex Smith, you always want like at least last year when I owned him, Chris, Mm -hmm. you always just wanted to do a little more. Yeah. He was on base, like, he stole 40 bags. But you're like, ah, oh, man. He attempted 52. I felt like he always wanted a little bit more. Yeah, him. like, he stole 40 bags, and he only had 435 fantasy points. Like, there was only, I think there was only 3.1 two guys average. who stole 40 bags last year, Greg. It was him and, and Whit Merrifield. Yeah. Not easy to find, man. No. No, man, it's not. In Roto, that's why I'm saying he's valuable in Roto. No, in we points, did, it doesn't matter. We did this yesterday. We did this exercise with something else. But, I mean, name on your hand how many guys who can legitimately steal 40-plus bags this year. Only five guys. Merrifield. Billy Hamilton, D. Gordon, Malik Smith, Monsesi. Victor Robles can't. He's not going to steal four. Uh, Starling Marte might be able to. Yeah, Marte maybe. He could if he plays a full season. Maybe Mookie can. Go 40-40. <laughs> uh, but realistically, there's really only five guys that can do this. Malik Smith is one of them. Kind of like D. Gordon Light, and he's going later than D. Gordon. Like, where is D. Gordon going compared to Malik Smith? D. Gordon's going kind of late. D. Gordon's going 110, and Malik Smith is going... Three picks later. It picks earlier, rather. <laughs> okay, I lied. Well, then maybe it was just my draft. Seems that way. I just don't like him in points leagues. I'm not going to draft him as a starter in points leagues. Did you draft D. Gordon as a starter in points leagues? At second base. Not in the outfield. Okay. But at second base, uh, maybe. That's a low end. That's just right. That, like, speed guys just don't generally They don't do, do very it well in if you don't have the power. And so, he don't, you know, he don't do every, anything else, really, like besides so average and D. Gordon speed. went in the sixth round of my draft, and Malik Smith went... In round eight. He went almost two full rounds later. Should, should the discrepancy be that far, Greg? No. Or do you think that's just a product of Malik Smith not being in spring training right now, yeah. dealing with the injury? Which I think is fair. Yeah. A lot of question marks there. Mm-hmm. One more young guy that I want to put, uh, maybe not one more, but the next guy I want to kind of put in this crew, potentially, is Eloy Jimenez. I don't want to say Jimenez. Eloy Jimenez. 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 Eloy Jimenez. I mean, Young guy. Don't do that again. This venture will take you out back. <laughs> Eloy Jimenez. with the fishes. Not as heralded as Vlad, but should be up close soon after. Yeah. Top prospect for Chicago. Long time coming. Obviously went over uh, to the White Sox in the Jose Quintana deal. You like that? I like that Why? one. You like that one? That actually Why? worked. Why Thank you. you. Yeah. So much? Quintana. Thank you. I mean, learned it from Venture. <laughs> We're gonna get some. Uh, we're gonna get some calls about. At this. what point do you take? <laughs> at what point do you take Eli Jimenez, Frank? 
I think uh, I think in that eighth round range again. I I think he's in this tier, right? After the uh, those guys that we spoke about in the, the first hour, there those guys are more of the fifth, sixth, maybe seventh round. I think a lot of the players that we've talked about now are eighth round or later in the eight to ten round range. Eloy Jimenez, similar to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and I've made this case on Twitter for him. Drink is if Vladimir Guerrero weren't around this year. Eloy Jimenez would be going two or three rounds earlier than he is right now. You think now. so? So because because Vlad is kind of taking away all the prospect Spotlight. hype and everyone wants all oh, Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero in the third round, fourth round, I got to take Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Everyone's kind of forgetting about Eloy Jimenez. And he's a player that you're getting four rounds later. Should the discrepancy be that far between those two? I know, like, Vladimir Guerrero can't miss, like, you know, next generational prospect. But yeah. Eloy could at, be that too. Look at Eloy's numbers. I mean, yeah. he's really good too. He's the a power's a crazy. Three eleven career hitter in the minor leagues with an mm-hmm. eight seventy eight OPS. He had twenty two home runs last year in only one hundred and eight games. Last year when we were talking about top prospects in baseball, the comp that I gave him was Nelson Cruz. I think that Eloy Jimenez, once he hits his prime, is going to be a two eighty plus hitter with thirty five home runs. Does he get this, there this year? No, that's the question. Yeah, because you know he's. He's going to be down a few weeks in Chicago, but it's it's a pretty good ballpark to hit in with the White Sox there. And, he, you know, again, he's going to learn from a guy like Jose Abreu, which I think makes a lot of sense, right? He's going to have that veteran presence in the lineup. I'm, if I'm just projecting for this year, he gives you no speed whatsoever. No, but nothing. Yeah. I think he could be a 280 hitter with 25-plus home runs with with solid RBIs as well in the White Sox line. And on a per-game basis, that'll be pretty it just good. Com- it just comes down to what you need at that point in the draft. If you need batting average, home runs, and RBIs, I think Eloy Jimenez is going to be a pretty good bet. Yeah. Would you take him ahead of Malik Smith, Victor Robles, oh, yeah. some of the D. Gordon? Uh, I like Victor Robles' power-speed combination a little bit more. Okay. And the fact that he's already been in the major league. Sure, yeah, so he yeah. got a little bit of a taste last year. And he's going to start. I like Robles a little bit more. Yeah. But Eloy, I have I have just a few spots behind him. I have Robles at thirty. I have Eloy at thirty four. Yeah. So they're in, they're in. A and ju- and just for reference, where's like Brantley and Pollock we talked about earlier? Brantley is thirty five. I have him one spot behind Eloy. Oh Hines, wow. Okay. And I have Pollock at thirty six. Oh, two so interesting. So Robles and Jimenez are before these guys. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. The upside. And two spots ahead of Eloy, I have <laughs> uh, ear, nose, uh, leg, calf. Whatever you can think of, Will I Myers, thirty second. That was awesome. And I, and I have Aaron Hicks, thirty third. That was awesome when we did that. Let's get in Aaron Hicks. Perfect time to do that before we hit the break. One last player, uh, Aaron Hicks signs a 70, 70 year, seventy million dollar extension. And I keep saying that in OBP leagues in particular, I like Aaron Hicks, man. You look at this dude, and he does everything that theoretically good, you would he's want. He's good in every league. Mm-hmm. I was just saying with average, yeah. the average isn't good. The average is two forty eight. Was two forty eight last year? He's a career two thirty six hitter. But the OBP, uh, I think he's better than two. The OBP, 366. The year before that with the Yankees, 372. He's always been a high on-base guy, and he says that's what he does. What makes him so good is that he always tries to limit the strikeouts and walk mm. a lot. He walked 15.5% of the time last year mm. uh, while striking out under 20% of the time. He hit 27 bombs, stole 11 bases. He's a guy that consistently steals you around 10 bases when given an opportunity. Uh, 90 runs scored. 79 RBI. Hicks is going to hit probably near the top of the Yankees lineup. I believe right now he's projected to lead off. Um, he could flip-flop, I'd say, uh, with Glaber in the middle at some point. But he's going to hit in the middle to the top of the Yankees lineup in Yankee Stadium. That's very good. He's a switch hitter. He's going to be there in there every day as their center fielder. You, you should want Aaron Hicks. I really, really yeah. like Aaron Hicks a lot. That's a, that could be a steal. He was an average fancy points per game. 
He was number 13th outfielder. He's great. I love Aaron Hicks. That's why I tell you. Average like, 3.7. Even in points leagues, he's really good. Because yeah. you look at that walk rate walk the past rate, two yeah. years, 14% or higher. Uh, that power. Cut down the strikeouts over the uh, you know since earlier on in his career, he's below 20%. He's below league average in terms of strikeouts. Steals over 10 bags. He's going to give you, you know, 10 to 12 steals. And if, this is a big if, because last year he played a career high 137 games. If he stays healthy, leading off of the Yankees, Greg, he has the upside to score 110 runs. Yeah. Legitimately. That's he a question. He scored 90 runs last year in 137 games. He is projected If he plays 150, off. he's going to score 100 plus runs. So he does have that upside. Again, uh, the batted ball data is great. Hits a lot of line drives. I mean, he really came into his own last year. 39% hard hit rate. StatCast had his expected batting average at 260. Last season, he was at 248, so he's a little bit unlucky. I think he's more of a 260, 265 hitter who can, you know, between 25 and 30 home runs. And if he stays healthy, he could legitimately hit 30 home runs. Yeah. If he, if he plays 150 games, That's 260, what, 30 home runs, 100 runs scored, and 10 to 12 stolen bases. If he, he could have that, even more than 100 runs scored. I mean, Aaron Judge, John Carl Stanton, Gary Sanchez behind him. That's ridiculous. That's why I, I don't think he should be drifted as a third outfielder. I think he should be drifted as more of a utility guy. I would be very happy as like my fourth outfielder slash utility guy in my, in my lineup, my fantasy lineup. I'll probably, probably rather have Hicks or Eloy Jimenez. Eloy is an interesting I'll character. take Aaron Hicks. Yeah. I have him one spot. Huh? I'll take Aaron Hicks. Take a break. We'll hit the bottom of the top 40 when we come back. College basketball has reached the climax of the 2019 season, and the Fantasy Sports Network has you covered for all the news and betting information for the conference tournaments leading up to the big dance. Get the latest wagering and prop bet advice every day from FNTSY's top experts and analysts as they prepare you with the best advice in bracketology. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio app in iTunes and Google Play and watch select programming in the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your home for winning big in the month of madness. Keith Irizarry is calling. The shots. Joining us now, Brad. What's going on, man? How you been? Not too bad. It's, uh, things are getting a little busy around here. Things are, are picking up quite a bit uh, with uh, what happened with Zion last week. Is it more annoying that you now have to discuss whether or not Zion should play for Duke ever again? You know, that, that's a, that's something that a lot of people that I mean, they if you were talk to Zion, you would know that that's not even a question based on weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The morning after. Here's Greg Sussman, who's an expert. People that like Hootie and the Blowfish would like Smash Mouth. Maroon 5, 5 for oh, Fighting. Oh, the Jim Blossoms. Oh. The Jim Jealousy. Exactly. And like when you're feeling like musical, you're like, I'm going to raise it up a notch. It's, it's a Dave Matthews night. My man, I, we are talking on the same level now. I am not nearly high enough for this conversation. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Do you think it'd be all right 
If I just crash here tonight This is a great song It still is, man I know every word to this song, actually Sing. There you go. We're I'm not going to sing the whole song. We're starting to latch on to Vetra here. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting some No, singing. I like them forever. We're getting some head bobbing like over forever. here. The chat's going to kill you, Vetra. They, they turned on them. The chat's going to kill me, yeah. <laughs> they turned, right. turned on them. It's all right. Got no place to go. Oh, man, I love this I song. I love that every time Bavona brings us into, he's like, he's so happy. like little school he's girl He's so there. happy. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> it's crazy. I love it, man. Can't get enough fantasy football. Roto Experts has launched their NFL 365 fantasy football package, which includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty season-long betting and best ball NFL draft content each and every day this year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 fantasy football package, only available right now at rotoexperts.com. Speaking of that, NFL 365 means... Well, we're going to get NFL tomorrow here on this very show. Hour number two with Chris Venture and Jim Day joining us uh, via Skype to talk about the NFL scouting combine where all the prospects are there. What we're learning, Nick Foles is going to be a free agent. We'll try to speculate where he ends up. Giants certainly sound like they're drafting a quarterback in the first round. Will we'll talk Haskins, about that. Will it be Fuller? Yeah. Absolutely. Fuller. I mean, I'm sorry. Murray? Fuller. Yeah, I meant Murray. There you go. Fuller. <laughs> Well, nevertheless, Kyle Fuller, I'm thinking. I got you. I got you. So we'll, we'll talk a lot about that tomorrow on the program. But if you are looking for baseball content, of course, we do it each and every day here. Scott Fantasy does it as well. But if you're looking for advanced, well, there's nowhere else to go than my, my, my man Frank Stanfield's Patreon page. It's available right now. You can sign up. A dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever you can afford, depending on what you want, Frank will have it there for you. All of our infield previews and our ranks are right there on his Patreon. But when it gets to the outfielders and the starting pitchers, those are going to cost you a little bit. He's going to update his ranks all season long uh, via Fantasy Pros. And if you want to get Frank's rankings, and he's one of the best in the business, you're going to need to purchase his Patreon page uh, right now. So please check it out. Uh, there's a link on his Twitter. So make sure you check it out. Frank's Patreon page. Frank Staffel giving out his baseball rankings right now over at his Patreon. Guys, a couple of outfielders left to get in to round out, I should say, the top 40 outfielders on the board. And a guy that I've gone back and forth with this draft season is David Peralta of Arizona, who, if you look at some of the batted ball profile, this is pretty good. There's a lot to like on David Peralta. And you're like, okay, I'm going to be in on this guy. Mm-hmm. You see that the hard hit percentage was 48.6. Like, I like that. What, it was like 53% in the second half. Something ridiculous. You like, like that. that even better. Mm-hmm. What you don't like is that the ground ball percentage is over 50% yeah. for David Peralta. What you like, 30 bombs last year. 293 batting average. And yet the bat was less than it was the year before. 293 back-to-back years. You like that. What you don't like is the splits against lefties, where he isn't so great, batting 237 against them last season. David Peralta is a name where, I don't know if he's a hype guy, Frank, or he's a, he's a guy that people kind of feel a little bit sneaky on. What do you think about David Peralta? He's not a hype guy, I don't think. I'm a little torn on. He's not a hype guy. There's a few in the industry that like him. I know Al Melchior is in on him. Uh, there was a pretty cool piece on The Athletic which talked about uh, him consciously trying to raise his launch angle and lift the ball a little bit more. Uh, as you could see in his batted ball profile from 2017 to 2018, he lowered his ground ball rate by 5%, started hitting more line drives, started hitting more fly balls. And if he trends even more in that direction and continues to square up the ball and hit it as hard as he does, then... 
you know, maybe his upside is higher than 30 home runs. Look, the home run to fly ball ratio was a career outlier. It was very high last season, but mm-hmm. if he continues to to, uh, to improve the launch angle and hit the ball hard, uh, even if the home run to fly ball ratio comes down a little bit, those things can mit- mitigate, and he could still kind of be in 25 to 30 home run range. We know that he's a good pure hitter in terms of batting average, career 293 hitter. Want to see him get better against lefties for sure, but you know, at this point in his career, he has over 2,200 plate appearances. He hasn't been good against lefties ever. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's ever going to come. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. an elite, elite hitter against right-handed bats. I'm talking about like one of the you know 10, 15 mm-hmm. best hitters in baseball against right-handed pitchers. But this is kind of who he is at this point. Yeah. Uh, but you know, again, that's why I don't think the power is is going. Up. It's going down, yeah. if anything. Yeah. Look, he's probably closer to a 25 home run guy. But from mm-hmm. where he's going in drafts, even if he gives you his career batting average, which is around 290, and he gives you 25 home mm-hmm. runs with, you know, 80-plus RBIs and, and 70-plus runs, he's but where he's going now. in drafts, that's pretty good value. He could turn out to be a pretty good value. I agree. You don't want to draft him as, a, as one of your... First three outfits. I don't want him as one of my first. No, players. that's what it comes down to. I mean, he's kind of like a fallback option. the the ones that The ones that we're going to be talking about this segment are like fallback options. Totally. If you miss out, and you know, maybe I should have told myself that because I missed out yeah. on the fallback options. Well, you missed out. You missed <laughs> out on David Peralta, and a name that you just told us during the break that you might may have to consider is Ian Desmond. And you got the Colorado Rocky Coors Field factor when it comes to Ian Desmond. Desmond was a guy that I think we were in, you and I were both in on him last year, right, Frank? Yes. He didn't really getting him at, at a discount because of what he did in 2017, his first year with the Rockets. So theoretically, really you could say it, it, it didn't work out last year because he batted 236, but yet you look at just the line in, as a Roto player. Mm-hmm. 20 homers, 20 steals, 80 runs scored, 88 RBI. That's a really good line. And the yeah, batting average was unlucky, line. too. Look at that Babbitt, Greg. 279. It was, his Babbitt was 279. He's a career 322 Babbitt. And he plays in Coors Field, Yeah, guys. yeah, that's going on. He plays in Coors Field. Mm-hmm. So a 279 Babbitt... I don't care that he hits the ball on the ground 62% of the time, <laughs> which is <laughs> it's, awful. It's a, it's a little it's annoying. so bad. It's a little annoying, but he's always hit the ball on the ground a lot. I mean, not this much, but, you know, even if the power comes back a little bit, even if he's 18 home runs. Back-to-back years of 62% ground ball rate. But he plays in Colorado, yeah. right? So the batting average is going to bounce back. I believe his expected batting average was somewhere like 260. Right, and you look at the projections, have him right around 260. Career 264. It's got to be better in Coors Field. Like, he was unlucky last year. The BABIP was bad. Uh, the batting average was 236. That was a career low for him. I mean, that's it's an obvious outlier season for him. And he hit the ball harder than ever before last season as well. So, look, I don't love Ian Desmond, but again, you're talking about a guy who can come close to being a 2020 with he had 80-plus runs and 80-plus RBIs last year, and he's going where he's going. I don't like him. I like him more as an outfield four. Yeah, but he's one of these guys where he's gonna at least contribute a little bit of steals. He's gonna he's yeah, gonna yeah. be a near twenty twenty guy with solid counting stats, and I expect the batting average to be better in the in the two sixty ish range. I think it's a fine. I think he's a fine roto league player. Roto league, yeah. Not not, not a points good, but not, not really great. Great in points, points leagues. No. Not great. Too streaky. Too uh, you know. Very streaky. Too hit a miss. Like I, at the end of the year, at the end of the year, the numbers will be there. That's all. That's all. Another guy you were considering yesterday, Frank, at least, uh, was Ender Inciarte. Because he has some speed. He has some ability to hit for average at times. And yet when I say that name, Venture goes, Cringe. Uh, Cringe. Why don't you like Ender Inciarte, Chris? He's not a points league guy. 
This is boring. He's just not a points league <laughs> guy, dude. He's not going to get it done in points leagues for you. So much I'm of sorry, he's just so not, much of NCRT's value is tied into where he's going to hit in the lineup, which nobody knows right now because the other day uh, Ronald Acuna batted cleanup in spring training, and today he's hitting leadoff. So they're kind of trying Acuna in different spots, but if Acuna does bat cleanup, then they're they're going to put NCRT yeah. leadoff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that helps his value tremendously because then he's going to have more opportunities to run. He's going to score a ton of runs in that Braves lineup hitting ahead of Josh Donaldson and Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna. So his value is directly tied into where he's going to bat. But last year, I think, you know, the 265 batting average is the outlier. Every other, you know, the three years before that, he was 291 or better. I think Mm -hmm. he's a better hitter than 295. I would expect a a 265. I I would expect a 280, 285 batting average, 20, 25 steals. He ran a lot last year. He, he got you know, caught a lot, too. He, he did, but he also he attempted 42 steals last season. That was by far his highest. I mean, before that, his highest was 31 attempts. He attempted 42 last year. So, And maybe that was, that was under a newer-ish manager for the Atlanta Braves. So if that's a mindset thing where they want NCRT to run a lot, Thumbs up. That's a good thing. Thumbs up. So I think he's probably closer to 25 steals, 280, 285 batting average. And you know what you're going to get, though, here. Would yeah, you rather and isn't complete like he gave you at least ten home runs each of the past two seasons? Would you rather have NCRT or Desmond? Isn't he a lot like Malik Smith? Lorenzo Cain? Now that you're looking at it, right? Because Lorenzo Cain gave you ten home runs and thirty eight ribbies last year, and NCRT gave you ten home runs and sixty one ribbies, and he hey, scored he scored at least eighty, 80 runs, runs in the last three years. Cain walked seasons. a lot more. Cain walked at a, at a better clip. Yeah, he is. He's a lot not of that far off. He's from, not, and I know. I like Lorenzo. Lorenzo Cain hits three hundred, and everyone's. I I think CRT hit three hundred two years ago. I think people are overreacting yeah. a little bit to NCRT's two sixty five batting average last year. He's a career two eighty nine hitter. Mm-hmm. Okay, the average will go up. All right, Frank, I'm sold. If you need, if you need speed, solid average and steals, and be- someone who's not going to completely sink you, and he's going to give you ten home runs. In the you know in this range of the draft, Intiarte is a whatever he's he's a pretty good like he's Lorenzo Kane light, but not really that light. He's actually pretty close to Lorenzo. So why Cain. is Kane going so much higher? I don't, you tell me, Greg. I don't know. Counting stats, they're kind of the same. I think the F side might be better in the Brewers lineup. The fact that they you know what you're gonna get. From Lorenzo Cain. You know that he's going to hit leadoff every single game. You mm-hmm. don't know that about it. I want to read you the stats. There's a little bit more, I guess, I read you the indecisiveness. Stats. I, I have them up. Ready? Yeah. All right. And in Sierra, they played 156 games. Lorenzo Cain played 141. And you know Lorenzo Cain's going to miss a few games. Cain had 40 less at bats total. Cain had 10 home runs. And Sierra had 10 home runs. Cain had 90 runs scored. And Sierra had 83. Seven run difference. And Sierra had 61 ribbies. Cain had 38. Yeah. 30 steals for Kane, 28 for Enciarte. How many times was Kane caught stealing? Seven. Much he better, much better ratio. He only attempted 37. And the Enciarte, ratio is great. Enciarte attempted 42. A lot. Got caught 14 times. But they kept running him out there. <laughs> I mean, walk rate. Kane at 11.5%, Enciarte 7.5%. That's the difference. That's, that's a big difference. Mm-hmm. That's the so difference. So in OBP and points leagues, that obviously matters. Kane strikes out a but little bit standard less. Roto, standard Roto. Kane strikes out a little bit more. More? 15.2%. And Ciarte's at 13%. I think we found something here. I think we did too. Babbitt for Lorenzo Kane last year. 357. 
308. For Inciarte, 293. Who would you rather have, Inciarte or Malik Smith? Inciarte. Thing is, Malik Smith has the upside to give 40 stolen bases. 50 yeah. steals, too. Like, I think he'd come close to that. I'd rather have Inciarte. He's a better player. There's a little bit more of everything. Yeah, he's more balanced. He's just more balanced, yeah. I have it Peralta, Malik Smith, Inciarte in that order. 38, 39, 40. I would bump Inciarte. I'll tell you right now, I won't, draft, okay. <laughs> I won't draft either one of those guys. Smith or <laughs> Inciarte. I'll just tell you that. They're not points I mean, league yeah, guys. Yeah, would you true. drop? They're not great in points leagues. Would you draft David Peralta? Him, I might. Would you draft, I've had him before. Would you draft Andrew McCutcheon? Yes. Yes, yes. baby. Absolutely. We are back. Absolutely. Greggy, we are back. What is happening? On McCutcheon. You guys are all in on Andrew McCutcheon? One of my oh, favorites yeah. of McCutcheon's all time. He's awesome, dude. He's awesome. What? Greg, pull up his fan graph. I got page. it. You're actually going to get your present. Presently surprised. Pleasant surprise here for Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> okay. Look, the 20 home runs looks bad last year because he played half the season in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Right. 43% hard hit rate, Craig. That Above the league average. data is still there for, for, the, for the old stallion here. So you like him in Philly? He ain't that old. Why 32. Would, why wouldn't you like it? That ain't that old. It is, it is yesterday we were talking about certain Craig, players. It's the, it's the best ballpark that he's going to play in ever. For, for, ever. I mean, he played in Yankee Stadium last year. But oh, yeah. from the beginning of the season, for the entirety of the season, it's the best ballpark he's ever going to play in. In a pretty good Phillies lineup. It would be better if Bryce Harper would go there, but now I'm not so sure. But it's still a pretty good lineup with Real Muto. And 95 walks. Dean Segura and Reese Hoskins. The Phillies lineup is good. Yeah. Dude, the counting stats think, are going to be there. Yeah, man. Like, I'm... I'm back. The I'm back on McCutcheon. Came back up last Dude, year. Remember when everybody 14. gave up on McCutcheon? Was it last year or two, or two years ago when he was falling apart? Walk rate. I'm back, Greg. That was two years ago. He's right? going so late. Nobody wants him. Yeah, nobody wants him because of that, though. That's what I'm saying. He disappeared at one point two he's years ago. He's going at, and then he not, raked at the end of the going, season. He's not going that late. But he, he, look, he's going to 137. He's going after, right after Jimenez, Michael Brantley, Aaron Hicks, David Peralta. And for me, Andrew McCutcheon is a guy, based on, now here's a guy, that based on his hard hit rate last year and as many line drives as he hits, he should have been a better hitter than 255. So I think he's closer to a, let's say, 270 hitter. Yeah, that's going on. I think he's a 270 batting average, close to 25 home runs. In the middle middle of the Phillies order, he's going to drive in at least 80-85. More. And as much as he gets on base... He's going to score runs in the Phillies lineup, and the, and the stolen bases came back up last year. Not to mention he's so going to walk. Give you 12 to 15 stolen bases. He might walk 100 times, too. He doesn't hurt you anywhere. He doesn't hurt you anywhere. Like, that if, average if is all going that up, happens, yeah. right, if he hits 270 with 24 home runs, 80 runs scored, 85 RBIs, and 12 stolen bases, he's basically Eddie Rosario. And Mitch he's gonna do better than and that, that group. He's basically that group in his production, but he's going later, much later. Let's see. Two rounds, three rounds. Eddie Rosario and Hanniger are going pick 88 90. Andrew McCutcheon is going 137. This is a guy, this is a player that is undervalued right now yeah. for fantasy purposes. Just honestly, the move to Philly is huge for him. He's going to score over 100 runs, batting leadoff. Ballpark, batting leadoff there. Lineup, yeah. I mean, he he hasn't gotten hurt in a long time, really. He plays almost 160 is, is games every project, year. Is he projected to lead off right now? Is that where they? Yeah, have? lead off. All right, so then the RBIs aren't going to be there. He's going to be like, but 70, the runs he's will be, be more 75 RBIs. The runs will be over 100. 100. 
He can score 100 runs Easy. in this Phillies yeah. lineup. Easy. With Segura, Real Mewtwo, Reese Hoskins, all batting behind him. I think he'll score 100 runs. He'll, he'll, I mean, I, I lead off, that's the thing. He's going to take a hit in RBIs. He's going to walk 100 times because people are going to walk him because he's batting leadoff. I mean, I think he's going to end up getting a lot of walks. He walked 95 times last year. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot, dude. I mean, he does everything well. I don't know. See how people don't like it. 14 bags also. So he'll have 10 to 15 bags. His 90-mile-per-hour average exit velocity was a three-year best last year. Frank, we have, a renaissance. Frank we have a I would take him as a third outfielder even. We have a minute left. You will not be in tomorrow. Give us one more outfielder that you're targeting. Austin Meadows. I've moved him all the way up. I have him, as, love him yeah. as my outfielder 41 right now. You know, once you get past, you know, it's McCutcheon, David Peralta, Malik Smith, Inciarte. That's kind of like the cutoff for me uh, where, look, those are your fallback outfielder three options. If I end up with Austin Meadows as my outfielder four in a lot of leagues, I'll, I'll be pleasantly surprised. Because I do think there's upside there. He has the prospect pedigree. I think it would be between 15 and 20 home runs and stolen bases. Not going to kill your batting average. He's actually better against lefties last year. He makes a lot of contact. He doesn't strike out. I think Tampa Bay is going to let him play every day. There's a lot to like about Austin Meadows this year. I'm in. Venture and I will break down the rest of the top 50 outfielders tomorrow on the program. We'll do some combine stuff as well. For Chris Venture, Chris Pavona, and Frank Stanfield, my name is Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening. VFFs, Scott Fantasy is up next.